Blue Moon, Michael Bublé, Bread. podcast uh we're back at it again thank you for tuning in once again if you've been here before this is your first time let me break it down for you uh my name is old head ed aka ed um what i do is i sit down with a interesting guest we get to know the guest a little bit and then after we get that out of the way which i call the official business we get into beer music and food um our guests beers beer taste they get to style actually have four beers for them to sample they give me their opinion on them we'll tell we'll share beer stories um we'll talk about their musical tastes and then we wrap it all up at the end with their food taste which i think that's kind of redundant because food and taste but we get to know what they like to eat what they enjoy to eat so on and so forth this week again another great guest um she is a fitness enthusiast uh, prep and posing coach, WBFF Bikini Pro, and it's been competing for some time and she's going to get into her story. She's one half of Laís and the Coach Show, which I think I gave away who she is <laughs> with just that, um, which is uh, which can be seen on Facebook and YouTube, along with uh, Coach Rafael. Um, I present to you guys, everybody, welcome Laís Villamer. Thank you. Hey, I'm hey. so excited. Cool. Yes, yeah, so we've been working on getting this to happen for a while, and uh, and your fitness journey always doesn't allow for us to sit down and yeah. kind of uh, have beers and whatnot. I so. know. I'm excited. It's it, been it's been a long time coming for sure. Cool, cool. Lais, uh, this is where I usually ask my guests um, how they got into their what they whatever it is they do. Okay. Um, you focusing on your fitness and the fact that you're competing nowadays. How did you get into fitness to begin with? So I got into fitness about six years ago. I wanted to do something different and I wanted to, that's actually when we first met. So yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, so uh, at the park a long park. time ago. Yes. So I wanted okay. to do something different and I figured, you know what? Like I danced growing up. So I was like, I was never into the gym because it was so intimidating, mm. but I was like a class I'm sure I can do because it's kind of the same vibe and the same concept as like dancing, right? Okay. So I was like, all right, so I'm sure that I could wing it. So I went and I, and I enjoyed it. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. And obviously that's also how I met Ralph. Okay. So this was his world and little by little, I kind of integrated into it too. And working out just became a part of my life in general. Um, so that's how like my fitness journey started, mm -hmm. but I wasn't like doing anything in the fitness industry. It was just something that I did. I worked out like everyone yeah. else, like five days a week, you know, yeah. whatever, uh, did whatever with my food, especially on the weekends. And I went through that for a good, like four years where I was working out during the week, but probably I'm doing all of it on the weekend with like okay. baking and cooking. Like I love to eat and I love to cook and bake and have wine and all that stuff. So I was like. I did a lot more damage in the weekend looking back now that I know what I know than I probably thought I did. Like at the time I'm like, that's why I work out so I can eat whatever I want, you know, like the typical. I still have that mentality. <laughs> I know, but it's hard. Yeah. So um, I was in a place where I've been working out for 
years and I never really looked any different. I didn't gain weight, but I had like no shape to my body. And obviously in this day and age where you're watching on Instagram and you see people mm. and you do the whole comparison thing. Yeah. Um, I was a new mom kind of, like he was I think two at the time. And I was just in a place where like, not only was I not happy with the way that I looked and, and I in my head was putting in work, um, but also I wasn't really happy with like most areas in my life. Like okay. I knew that everything could use some work, like the way that I felt about myself, the you know, my relationship, like my, my mom life, like I just really wasn't doing anything for me. And, and I think that I always wanted to be a mom and be married and be home and have the whole family life, but I didn't know how unfulfilled I would be doing just that. Okay. Like you look forward to that and then you get there and I felt bad. I'm like, I'm so ungrateful. Like this is all what I always wanted. Yeah. But I didn't realize that I w it wasn't going to be enough. Yeah. And that I was neglecting myself. I was doing everything that I could for everyone else and not for me. Mm. So I was like, I need to do something for me. Like I need to feel better about myself. And, and the looks is always was always the heaviest one. Like it was always a weight the most. Like if I looked better, I'm sure that I would feel better. Okay. You know? And so that's kind of where scrolling through Instagram, I saw a picture of a WBFF competitor. I had watched bodybuilding for years because Ralph watches it, and I was like, that's so cool that they can do that, but like I never want to look like that. Like the bikini girls are so skinny, like the traditional bodybuilding, you know, like yeah. IFBB NPC. The bikini girls were so skinny and the figure girls were so muscular and I didn't like either look and I'm like, it's going to be so tough to do what it takes to get a look that I don't really want. Yeah. So it, it was always tough. I didn't know what I, I thought about doing a photo shoot, but I was like, I'm super shy. So I was kind of in limbo with like what to do to change the way that I looked. That was my main goal. Okay. Um, and then I saw a WBFF competitor on Instagram that I had actually seen in person like six months prior and she was really heavy. And I saw her and I was like, oh my God, like she completely transformed. She's on this stage with like this costume. I'm like, I have to figure out like what this is. Like, this is a stage that I want, Yeah. you know? And so I dug and I found the WBFF, World Beauty, Fitness and Fashion. Okay. It's a mixture of bodybuilding and fashion. So the look is a lot more feminine. It's a lot softer for the most part. There are different categories, but I was like, this is it. Like, this is the thing that I could do. And I didn't think that I could, like, I didn't think that I could actually transform the way that I looked. And I didn't think that I'd have the guts to really mm. do it. Cause mm. I was, Petr like something like this I would have never done yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, I was petrified of even having a conversation with more than like two or three people. Like I was so shy. Wow. So the thought of like getting on stage in a bikini in front of people, like I'm not a front of the room person. So And to be judged. And to be judged. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even care about that part. I'm like, I don't care who's judging me. Like if yeah. I could actually even get there, like I don't even think that I can, but like Let's try. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of how that all started. And I asked Ralph, I'm like, do you think I can do this? Like, we looked at the schedule and I'm like, in six months, there's no way I can look like that in six months. And he's like, well, you're not going to look like that. Because of course you're looking at like all the pros and all the people have been doing it for Correct. years. But he's like, but you can really transform a lot and you can do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I really don't think that I can, but okay, we'll try it. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it all began. Which is also, a, a, it's a good thing to have someone to kind of, uh, like we reaffirm that with you is that yeah. you're not gonna be this that the and when you um when you mention Instagram and being on there and looking it's that that that's a big part of someone from the outside looking in yes. going uh oh I'll never be that you know or I can't do that yeah. and it's like 
it's it's all kind of relative. Yeah. Like you have to. You, yes, you can maybe eventually, yes. but don't don't make your goal being exactly that right now. And we tell our girls that all the time. All the people that we prep for shows, okay. don't look on Instagram and compare yourself to the pros or even to other amateurs. Sometimes, like going into a show, everyone starts looking at who else is going to compete at their show. Like I'm yeah. not on that level. And, I'm, and here's the thing, like you're not or maybe you're better or maybe and it's all subjective even mm -hmm. better or worse is subjective right yeah. you, everyone that goes into this journey i always tell them like you have to only compare it to you it sounds so cliche to be like you're your only competition but the truth is that you can't compare someone else's journey when you know nothing about it yes you don't know their starting point you don't know their genetics you don't know what everything that they did to get there yeah you know and everyone does have a different level of commitment and work ethic and, and different things that happen to them during their journey that may derail them more than others so it's like it's a, it's an unfair comparison yeah so can you get your quote-unquote dream body and have a certain amount of muscle and a certain amount of size absolutely anyone can do it regardless of genetics or starting point or anything like that yeah. how long it'll take yeah. just really depends person to person yeah. and that's what we like to say so like comparing yourself is like the worst using it as inspiration or motivation you know Correct. like because i i'm still in that place i think in a lot of ways where i'm nowhere near where i want to be like so for me i look at it and i do have the goals you know but yeah. i know that I, at this stage i know that i'll get there and i know it's just a matter of time but i think when you're beginning you're like i don't know that i'll be ready like that's the biggest thing people say i don't know that i'll be ready that quick or ever you know i'm never gonna look like that and it's like don't go into it thinking you're gonna look like that because you're not like yeah. we like to make sure we tell people that yeah. you're not gonna look like that or maybe you're gonna look better that's true. but you're gonna look the best you've ever looked like it's your journey it's your process so that's where it kind of goes and i imagine at some point there i i i would like to think or maybe believe that um as you're going through it uh, your perspective starts to change as far as yes, man, maybe standards. I don't want that mm -hmm. or maybe but you only know that unless you get started and then you find yourself where like okay I definitely don't want what I first saw yes you know um, I'm this is where I'm comfortable yes a hundred percent that okay. changes so much your your standards change because sometimes now I'll look at myself for other people and I'll be like they're not even in that good of shape where I was in terrible shape for that show and like that's just because my like my perception of being in shape has completely changed, yeah. you know, because of the, the things that I've seen and been around and, and, and all that stuff. But to someone that's like never worked out, they might look at someone that I'm like, they were not in shape for that stage. And they might be like, well, that was her problem. Like, she's crazy. And I don't mean that they're actually not in shape, yeah. but it's like there are levels of being in shape, you know, until right. so your standards change as you continue to evolve. Yeah. And yeah. The truth is that I think that there was a time where I did want a lot more muscle and a lot more size than I do now. Um, it's always changing and evolving. Another reason why you should never compare it to someone else. Because a lot of times too, like Instagram is tricky. You know, like you'll see people on Instagram and you see them in person and you're like, what? <laughs> Angles and lighting are amazing. Not that they look worse, but just like people look different. Like yes. you see people and they're right next to you. They all of a sudden don't look that big or that crazy. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I've learned too. It's like see someone in person. And then even with pictures that are like not necessarily angled, like stage pictures and stuff like that, there's still so much that goes into it. There's lighting, there's tan, there's glam. Like you're not walking around every day like that. Like, I don't look no. like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I do at that moment, yeah. but... So I think that there's That's a lot. That's hard to maintain through everyday life. Right. Like, so you're yeah. comparing like your morning picture, like with your crazy face and hair, 
looking in the mirror that you're getting ready for a show in six months to like someone's stage highlights. picture that's been freaking competing for six years. Like that's not fair. Yeah, yeah that's that's the, the the highlight of them. That's like yeah. that's the most. That's not typical. That's not. Yeah. So I set out back to like circle back to your question to do this to change the way that I looked, and obviously that happened, yeah. but. I did not realize like the amount of internal transformations that I would go through and still go through, yeah. you know, in this process. And those are so much more powerful, I think, than anything you can achieve physically. Yeah. Um, which Stuff is, that you can work on that doesn't consist of, you know, pulling, pushing, yeah. you know, squatting the out. Stuff you figure out about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, the, the sense of like accomplishment for setting a big goal, getting out of your comfort zone and seeing it through. And I think that's why I love so much what we do. And that's why we keep like, especially with the stage stuff, keep um, getting people through that process, especially people that are doing it for the first time or the second time. Cause it really is such a magical process. Like everyone starts off the same way. Like I need to lose weight. I need to change the way that I look. I really want to look tight and toned and whatever. And I want to be, you know, look that confident and, and you will, but like that, end result of who you become from going through that process is so much bigger than like what you look like yeah you know so much changes in your confidence your happiness and then that like just kind of overflows into every other area of your life your relationship your friendships you as a parent you as a, as anything yeah so that's what i love about it and that's where that's where the true first place resides yes like you did it you came out 100 percent, regardless of what exactly that's your first and place. then if you continue because sometimes people compete once and that's it but if you continue then then that's your competition like that's every every stage picture from a last show that i have is the best i've ever looked and at the same time like my new starting point okay. you know so that's what I need to beat more than anything. And I know like it's again, sounds cliche and I know that I'm on stage next to other people and of course who doesn't want to place or win or whatever, but truly because when you're being judged on stage, like it really is all a matter of taste and perception and what are they looking for? Because everyone's in shape, mm -hmm. everyone's beautiful. So it's like, I can't put like my hard work and my happiness and my value of, as an athlete or, or as a woman in the hands of someone that may have different tastes than me. Yeah. Even if I'm not talking about me, like sometimes I see some of the judging and I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But that's why it's all a matter of perception, right? Yeah. So that's why that journey needs to be about like what you get out of it. Like how much did I improve from the last time in every area in my stage presence, in my, in my body, in my posing? You know, that's really what makes you win or lose in my eyes a show because I've had shows that I've showed up better than others and I know I put more effort than others. Yeah. And that's, to me, sometimes I walk away feeling like I lost, but like with myself, mm. regardless of what they must have thought, or, yeah. you know? Cause even if I know I didn't put, give it my all and I placed, it still doesn't feel as good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I know, you know? Cause so, us being humans and that being our yeah. nature where we're like, We'll start pick up, you know, picking apart our, ourselves, yeah. and we're the ones that take the deepest look in the mirror because it's us. And yes, and I know what I did and what I didn't do, and so to me, it's like, okay, well, if I know that I didn't give this my all and I placed, then that means that I just didn't really have great competition. Yeah. So I'm not happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's subjective. I mean, it is what it is. Cool, cool. Um, so you started. Uh, you worked. You started working out six years ago. You chose the competition journey two years ago, was it? Two years ago. Two years ago. It was ago. actually this time. It was December of 2017. Okay. When I was like, I need something big so that I can stick to a diet and so I can actually transform the way that I look. And then so in January of 2018, I started prepping for my first show. 
and my first show was gonna be in June of 2018. And that was Orlando? Orlando. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, and I placed top five of that show, which nice. was cool. I did, that was a great prep. Like I put in a lot of work, I was very committed. Yeah. Um, but that I remember, I, I think I was at the time, I still was attending classes with yeah. you guys and I was like, she is on some other. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. Like I could see the work, you were doing classes after I left. I was like, I was yeah. just petrified. I was like, I cannot believe I'm actually gonna do this. Like <laughs> I have to, I felt like so out of control in so mm -hmm. many areas of my life and I felt like that was the only thing I could control. Yeah. And so I put in my all, at, and again, as like you said, as you develop more, your 100% changes, your standards change. So my, I did, I'd say my 100% at that time in my life. You know, what, what 100% looked like for me at that time, I did it. Yeah. Um, obviously that's changed, mm -hmm. but it was, it was good. It was a great, it was petrifying. Like yeah. I thought I was gonna throw up. I was literally like next and they were gonna call my name and I was like, oh my God, I really don't think I can do this. Yeah. Like I really don't, I swear I contemplated on running. I was like, I'm really? I did it, I'm here. Like forget it, I don't have to actually get on stage. <laughs> I was petrified. I remember even like leading up to the show that I would do like posing sessions here. I had a posing coach online. Okay. And I would literally tell Ralph, I'm like, you gotta leave. Like, no one can watch me do this. I feel so weird and awkward. And he's like, you realize you're gonna have to do this on a stage, right? In front of other people in a bikini. I'm like, I know, I don't wanna think about it. Just let me pretend that's not gonna happen. And I remember getting on stage and being so nervous. Like, I was shaking so much, like my lips were shaking. I'm like, wow. smiling with quivering lips. Chattering I was beauty. dying. That's why when people are like, but I'm shy, I can't do it. I'm like, girl, you don't even know what shy is. Wow. Like. That's why you should do it. And that's probably, that's probably a universal feeling. Like 100%. most people, you know, they don't, especially the first time that yeah. experience, I'm sure they're all going through it. Even if you like the stage, even if you've been a dancer or even whatever, and you enjoy the stage, right? Cause I danced growing up, but I always hated the stage. I, I liked the classes. I hated yeah. when it was time to like perform, but even people that are comfortable around, like this is still a completely different experience. Yeah. You're still in a bikini, first of all, strutting up and down with like these model faces and hair and it's different like unless you've done that specifically or you've modeled and done like unless you've done a combination of things yeah it's gonna be out of your comfort zone i don't care how comfortable you are you are around other people yeah so especially for the shy person that's really petrifying wow um how soon after that did you decide all right i want to start helping people compete i want to help them with their um their stage presence um, maybe not quite getting rid of that feeling, but kind of managing the you feeling. You know, it's funny because it was all very like organic. Mm -hmm. Like I never really set out to do this. Wow. It was, it just happened. So I got it off. I remember, so I decided that I wanted to compete in December. And when I looked at the schedule, the show in Miami was going to be in November. And I looked at Ralph and I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be that disciplined for a year that's way too far like I, I want a goal and I need time but I don't want that much time like I'm never gonna make it mm -hmm. so when we looked at the schedule there was Orlando in June so I said why don't I do Orlando in June and then if I like it I'll also do Miami in November because I really wanted to do a show at home because I felt like it was cool for like our gym and our community and our members to like either know that we did it or come and be a part of it yeah. and watch you know yeah. so I like I was dead set on Miami Orlando was kind of like in my mind like a practice run and to make sure that I wanted to do it yeah so like when I did Orlando literally when I got off the stage I was like oh my god like I told Ralph I'm like I have to bring one girl like there's got to be at least one girl that's crazy enough to put aside her fears like I was yeah. and be like okay like screw it I'll do it 
Can we curse on this podcast? Yes, you I'm can. holding it back. No, no, because I curse so much, and I was like, wait, I shouldn't. <laughs> we want the full Laïs experience. <laughs> okay, good. From the hey guys to the cursing. <laughs> okay, good. I know, right? Hey guys, I, I see that on the videos too. Okay, anyway, so I was like, there's gotta be like. I gotta take one person to Miami. And I, when I said that, I didn't even mean like I gotta coach them. I just meant like I gotta expose someone to it because like I feel like a lot of people don't even know what the WBF yeah. is as big as it is, you know? And as long as it's been around, I'm like, there's gotta be one person that I could be like, look at this, like, like come do this with me. Yeah. And I got off the stage and I told him that. I was, and he's like, well, maybe, you know, like maybe there is somebody who would wanna do it. And literally like the very next day, I started getting flooded with messages on Instagram about like, I've been following your journey. I'm like, you have? <laughs> like, you never said anything. Like, yeah. I, I did my best to document that journey yeah. to stay accountable, not even to mm -hmm. show anybody else. I'm like, if I put it out there that I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to do it. Because yeah. when I first committed to it, I had a lot of moments where I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Like, maybe I don't want to do this. And then I'd come into the gym and someone would be like, oh my God, so how is it going? And I'm like, fuck, now I got to no. do it for real. <laughs> yeah, I painted <laughs> myself into a corner. Yeah. Now. So it's like, I, so then I told myself, I'm like, the more you talk about it on social media and at the gym, the more you put it out there, the more people keep asking you, like the everyday like person that I encounter. Yeah. And then that way, now you really are stuck. Like you have to do this. So the amount of messages that I got of people that I didn't know, not that I interacted with here, that were like, you know, I wa I've been watching your journey. It's so inspirational. That's so amazing. I'm like, really? Like, I had no idea anyone was paying attention. That's not why I did that. Yeah. And so, you know, would you guys like, would you guys be able to get me ready for a show? I've really been thinking about it. And I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, I mean, why not? And I and I would tell Ralph and he's like, yeah, I mean, of course. Like he's been doing this for a really long time. And while he, we weren't really in the competition world, like it's kind of the same thing. You either know how to manipulate someone's body or you don't. Yeah. And so it just kind of happened. And then I, we got back to the gym and then like a bunch of our members were asking about it, mm. which I never thought, because again, our members are the average person, just like me. Like we don't deal with athletes. Yes. You know, so they're the moms and 30s and 40s and they come here to work out, to feel good, to, to drop a few pounds, but no one seemed like they were the competitive type. And again, neither was I. So it was a perfect fit. So fast forward, maybe like two or three weeks between the random people on Instagram and the people at the gym, we had like 12 people that wow. wanted to do Miami. And you were just asking for one person, yeah. somebody crazy yeah. enough. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, like this is crazy. So, so with that, like, we started to try to do things in a way that really helped. We understood what it was like to be an average person trying to go through this process. And we understood that there isn't a lot of information out there um, about the WBFF and about, so we try to really give that experience without having to like hit so many brick walls like we did. Yeah. Cause I was like, where do I order my suit? And like, what do I actually need to pay for? And, and how does this work? Like. Like a silly example, their registration night, which is like the athletes meeting the day before the show, okay. any bodybuilding show, like people go in sweats. Like you go pick up your number and that's it. With the WBFF, it's like a whole like red carpet event. Wow. So you don't know how many people show up to that, like super underdressed. And, <laughs> and then everyone else is like in gala wear. So it's wow. like, unless you know someone or you've like dug for information or you've gone through the experience, yeah. you can end up having a really shitty time because you don't know. Yeah, you show up. So, I'm just here to pick up my information yeah, and some exactly. shorts, basketball shorts and the tank top. Exactly. I just want my number, yeah. but it's not like that. It's a full on event, you wow. know? And so we took advantage of the fact that we had gone. We didn't do that by the way, because we did have someone tell us, but okay. 
we took advantage of the fact that we had gone through this situation and through the whole experience and figured how can we make this a good experience for these people and now that we have so many that i guess we have a team yeah and we did everything that we could to make sure that everyone had like a good experience so a lot of times like one of the things that I did a couple of months before the show was I wanted to do a photo shoot okay. uh, because I wanted to do like an ex something that would get me out of my shell or to start to. Uh, and I wanted to do it at the gym where I was comfortable, like in my space with yeah. gym clothes that I was comfortable, yeah. right? And um, and I remember being super nervous for that too. For that as well. Yeah, super nervous. But that's one of the things that we did with our team. and so. Through the years, as we've taken more and more people to the stage, obviously how that process works in terms of like being a part of our team and everything that we offer has obviously evolved. But at that time, it was like, I guess we'll freaking figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah, you know how to get people in shape, but in terms of like taking people to the stage that have gone through once, like I guess we'll figure it out. And then the same thing happened with the posing. It was like, um, I was petrified of doing it, but then once I did it, I was like, okay, I know for a fact, I placed top five. I know for a fact that if I work on my body, I'll place better, but I know for a fact that I need to work on my posing. Okay. It was my biggest weakness. It was the most out of my comfort zone because I can work out and eat, but like to walk around like a little model and make faces and flick my hair, like that shit was not okay. <laughs> like those faces, I would literally text my posing coach and be like, I feel like a freaking weirdo. Is this, yeah, is this normal? Is this, <laughs> this a normal is not thing? sexy. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna work on this so hard like until I master it. And then I hired another posing coach that he's like one of the most well-known posing coaches in the WBFF, Toby Harrison. And I was like, okay, so if I'm gonna do it, then I gotta learn from the best. And that, it was a great learning experience, but we had so many girls here that were local that A, weren't gonna pay that kind of money for posing, mm. and B, weren't gonna benefit from doing something online when like, if you've never done it, I know that most of posing coaching is done online, but they had someone in person that had done it. So they were like, well, can you just help me? And so that's how the posing coaching really started. We had a team of people. Yeah. And then so I was like, all right, so I guess like I was petrified two months ago, but now I gotta figure out how to be a posing coach. And <laughs> I think that at the time I could coach better than I could do it. Meaning like if I watched you pose and I was in a, in a room with you, I could see your body and I could angle it and I could move it and I could catch so many more things than I could actually physically do on stage because wow. I was still somewhat nervous. So yeah. I, I, I felt good about what I was doing. I didn't feel like these poor people, like I'm jipping them of a good experience. Like yeah. I was like, I took it very serious. So it just, and then that, like putting that on Instagram turned into like random people being like, hey, I'm doing Miami and I'm in Miami. Can you do my posing? And then I was doing Not posing. Not even part of the team. No. Just, and wow. I was doing posing for random people that weren't prepping with us. Wow. So it was very, that's why I say it was very just organic. It yeah. just happened. And uh, it was never something that we set out to do. Once that happened, then we were like, wait a minute, like how many more people can we help? And how many more people can go through this process that I love so much and that I will continue to go through? Um, and everything that it's done for me and then everything that it did for those people, yeah. you know, how many more people can experience it. So then it did become my passion, my mission, my everything that I do. Of course we have the gym and we have nutrition coaching and we have businesses that we run, but that really became like my baby because mm. it's so personal to me, yeah. you know, and it was firsthand like my experience. And that's really what we do. Like always is I try to deliver, we try to deliver, but we do different parts. Like he does the nutrition and the training and all that stuff and I do like what we call the fun stuff which is like the posing, the, <laughs> the suits, the gown, the glam 
But together, you know, we try to make sure that this experience is just as amazing as it can be from beginning to end. Yeah. With all the photo shoots and all the planning and group chats and outings and workshops and all that stuff, like everything that I wish I had, we try to provide and we continue to, to make it better and better as we continue to experience it. Excellent. That is so cool. So it didn't stop there. You went Orlando, you went Miami, you ended up at the Bahamas earlier this year. Well, I did Orlando and Miami in 2018. Sorry. Yeah, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then I did my third show was Orlando again in 2019 okay. this year. That's when I got my pro card. Okay. And then I went to the Bahamas, which was my first pro show. It's the world championship. Wow. And then after that, which was two months after Orlando, and then four months after um, the Bahamas in August, I went to Jersey in Atlantic City. So that was my fifth show uh, and my second pro show. Wow. In, in a year and a half, I did five shows. That's like more than people do in an entire career. I can imagine. But I, I just love it, you know, and, and it's a goal that really keeps me going. Like, I was going to take more time off after the Miami show last year. But then I was like so aimless mm. and like I really just needed a goal. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I loved the, my first show, which was Orlando. Like, let me do that again. And I put my all into that prep and it showed. I got my pro card. I felt really good. It was a nice. great time. Um, so yeah, now I'm actually going to take a year, not off, but a year to do what I want my body to do and not going to do another show until next December in Atlantic City. So this year, my focus is going to be not only to like do what I need for my body, but also to guide more people to the stage, which is, we already have a bunch of people uh, getting ready for Orlando, which is in June. So okay. it's it's beginning to look like a very busy uh, 2020 competition season for us. And in the past, if I'm also prepping, it does derail me um, if we're that busy. So I'd rather take the entire year to just focus on building and getting my physique in a place where it'll really show a difference because I've done show like four months after four months after four months and it's like build and cut, build and cut, build and cut and it does get to a point where you can't, you can only get enough traction going before you gotta like cut again. Yeah. So you don't give your body enough time and at this level, you know, on a pro stage it's very different. And um, at this stage, I think that it would really serve me to, to give my body a good amount of time to like really transform while making the focus also simultaneously like my teams you know yeah. and, and giving them all the attention and and all of that so that's where oh, we're at that's excellent Lice, um you want to give them your uh, your info your social medias where they can find you at sure so on instagram Lais villamer are you going to type this or do i need to spell it because no uh, one knows how to spell it i don't know how to spell it oh you know yes. but you're going to type it okay perfect yeah. so yeah instagram facebook um that's it Cool, cool. Um, that's just the beginning. Um, we got a chance to, to know Laisa's journey. Uh, she told us about how she felt the first time she sat <laughs> on stage, um, which I think ultimately prepared her for this podcast because mm -hmm. she's doing a great job telling Thank the story. Thank you. Right Sorry, now. I can blabber. You could also, um, like I said earlier, you could also catch her and Raphael on Facebook and YouTube. Every once in a while, they have their own show, uh, Laisa and the Coach. And um, I think it, we're also on like. Where a podcast at? Like uh, okay, in most platforms, yeah, like, like iTunes, Google Podcasts, yeah, iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Cool. There you go. You can find them there as well. You can get more conversation. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. I never miss a show. <laughs> uh, with that, we're gonna get out of this segment. Walk out of this segment. We're, we're gonna run out of this segment. Okay, let's do it. We're gonna walk. I hate the stage. running, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And she was so prepared to run away from this thing <laughs> that she hated it. I know. But uh, this is Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. We'll see you guys on the other side.
crowd flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yingling. Bruce Beats and Easter podcast. Uh, we're at the uh, Bruce portion of the podcast. Still got Lice here with me, and uh, she's she's willing to participate in this experiment that we call the Bruce segment. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this is where my guest uh, samples four different beers, um, gives us their uh, impression on them, their opinion, uh, whether they like them, whether they don't like them. This is not sponsored by anybody, so feel free. To give my honest opinion, well, yes, that's great because that's usually how I roll. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's very appreciated here at the podcast. Um, so yeah, there's four beers. We sample one at a time. Once we get towards the end, uh, we'll kind of get a little one through four, one that you you know you'd go back to, to down to the, the least liked one. Okay. Um, also, we all share beer memories, stories, maybe some of the oh, the fun times <laughs> provided by alcohol. Yes. So with that, um, we know it's important to stay hydrated when it comes to working out. Um, you're right now you're in the midst of uh, the 75 hard, which yeah. is a, a challenge. Yeah, it's like a mental toughness challenge. Okay. But yeah, it like, takes a lot of mental toughness because yeah. I've read some of the details and... <laughs> yes, but you know what? Luckily my coach, shout out to my coach, give a plug in there. Yes, yes. Um, He's amazing. So there's really nothing that's off the table. So this works out perfect. I'm, as long as I can fit it in. There you go. He's a, he's a great math guy, and, I, and okay. believe me, I get my money's worth with him fitting stuff in. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I'm excited. Let's do it. Cool. All right. So we're gonna start since we're gonna talk. I mentioned earlier hydration. Uh, the first one. This is a little different from what I'm used to doing. Um, this is actually a, uh, a spiked water. This is it's from Pure Still. It's a mango flavored spiked water. Uh, whenever you're ready. That's so crazy. I don't think I've ever, well, I've never heard of spiked no. water. Yeah, me neither. I guess there's like stuff for everyone. That's it. Um, it's a uh, 4.5%. So there is alcohol in there and it's, uh, okay. it's out of New York. Um, you know what you think of that one. It's kind of weird. Is it? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah. I don't like flavored water, period. Okay. Okay. So this has got like, it's water, which is like you're not expecting, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But like, it has like a mild mango taste, which okay. I can appreciate because I don't like super sweet stuff. But then it's got that weird like medicine Aftertaste. alcohol thing mm -hmm. going. Yeah, definitely yeah. not my favorite. Okay, cool. So we won't be Sorry. hydrating with that one. Sorry, mango water, spiked water. <laughs> hey, it's an experience. Yes, exactly. Um, you used to, I think when we first when we first met early on, when you started working out with Raphael, I was working out with him at the time. You used to bartend. Yes. Yeah. I bartended for like ten years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I, any, any stories there? Uh, I mean, you know what? I know typically the mojito is the worst thing to ask for at a bar yeah. because there's just so much the work that goes into it. Wow. You know what? I worked in some places that had a lot more intricate drinks. So okay. like, if you're if you're working in like a, a sports bar, or a regular bar, a restaurant, like yeah, that sucks because you're used to pouring beer and wine and, yeah. and mixed drinks. Uh, but I also worked at the Rusty Pelican for a long time. Okay. And uh, they have like, they're known for like their cocktail list. Mm. So their drinks, like every mixed cocktail that was there, like we had, first of all, like two months of training on just like how to make everything. Really? So they had like a watermelon one and a cucumber one and a blackberry one. So like all the drinks had like at least five or six ingredients and all of them were fresh fruits. Wow. So we had to like make the fresh fruit puree. 
So like, I don't want to hear it if you got to throw some fucking mint and lime in the cup, okay? Like I've been through so much worse. But yeah, usually that is the case. And and honestly, like, it really depends on where you work, right? Yeah. Like I love the sports bar vibe just because it was very like chill, down to earth. Um, Everyone's watching their games and you know And that's the focal point so they're not coming there exactly. for anything. If they get the game, that's like that's which, the first thing they check off of their list. Yeah, which people like lose their fucking mind if yeah. they don't have the right TV and the right stuff. But <laughs> yeah. like they're very serious about their sports. I was like, holy crap, chill out. <laughs> but um so that tends to be my favorite, like the sports bar atmosphere. I liked Rusty because it was a different experience and it was a lot of dates. Okay. Uh, I think my least favorite is probably like a more clubby atmosphere. I've never really been into like the crazy drunk after 2 a.m. Yeah. situation. I can't hear you. And then on top of that, you're not speaking English apparently because it's some sort of inebriated language. Yeah, for... and it's true what your mom says. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Shouts to mom. So, so <laughs> the truth is that it's a just a different kind of crowd, you know? Yeah. So aside from that, which I never worked at like a major club, like the most clubby place I worked at was Blue Martini okay. in Fort Lauderdale. But they are open till 4 a.m. and it is a crazy vibe sometimes. Yeah. Um, but great times too, you know, it is, yeah. it's a mixture of everything. <laughs> oh, cool. With that, let's get into the next one. Okay. Uh, this is a truly hard seltzer. It's kind of like in the same vein. We're working our way up into some of the stronger beers, but this is a, a hard seltzer. It's alcoholic. It's, uh, I think blueberry and acai are the, fla are the uh, flavors you're going to get there. That one's also at a 5% ABV. Go ahead I like, and get the, that I like the name. Truly. Oh, it smells good. Does it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's it's appeasing to the to the smell. This is good. I see. I love seltzer water. Okay. So it's good. Um, this would be really good with some vodka. Nice. Like that was always my drink of choice, huh. like a vodka soda. Okay. And then like lime or whatever fruit. So this would actually go perfect with as a vodka soda, and this be the soda. Nice. It's pretty good. I don't know that I drink it by itself. Okay. Um, it is a little bit sweeter than the other one. Okay. But. But it's pretty good actually. Nice. It's pretty good. Nice. I like it. Um, That's definitely just, better. Now, you kind of, you piqued my interest now. Now I'm like, hmm, you should try alcohol it. on alcohol. Like Hell alcohol yeah. The, that's, hmm. <laughs> Smoking like a true bartender. <laughs> she knows yeah. what she's talking about. Yeah, I know. That actually is pretty good. That You know what that tastes like? That reminds me of like back when I used to drink vodka soda and I, and I had a roommate and we used to party all the time and have parties all the time. We used to go to uh, ABC or whatever liquor store and get like flavored vodkas. Okay. That way we didn't have to get too many mixers and yeah. we were trying to save on the calories. I don't know what yeah. uh, what calories <laughs> we were at Taco Bell at four in the morning. <laughs> Maybe that's what we were saving that's for. That's what you were saving but, it for. Yeah. <laughs> but we would get like like five or six different bottles of vodka and they were all different flavored vodkas. And then that way you could just mix it with soda and it's yeah. like a different flavor. Yeah, and they make- So that's what it reminds times. me of, like when you get a, a flavored vodka. Okay. I think that's why I said, put this in vodka. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> I barely drink, but yeah. I worked hard at not being an alcoholic, yes. despite the uh, surroundings, surroundings, being around in a bar totally. for 10 years. Yeah, you know, you'd be surprised. That's, you don't really want to drink when you're just around that many people drinking. Blue Martini, I, I, I think I, it was the only job I drank on. Okay. Because it was not only the only job that I could drink at, because for the most part, other jobs were more like hotel and corporate. Okay. Uh, so they don't play that. Yeah. But Blue Martini, not only did I was I allowed to, it was so encouraged because mm. I think they wanted everyone to be happy and awake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like it was shot time and it was wow. like they wanted, you know, and then there were just moments where you're like, it's 2 a.m. Like, yeah. I need a drink or something to get, like, stay here till 5. Just so, fine. yeah, but. 
Cool. But yeah, this one's good. I like truly hard seltzer. That's really good. All right, well, let's keep things moving. Uh, the next one's gonna be Barrel of Monks Brewing. It's their Witty and Pink. So cute. It's a fruit and field beer. Give that one a try. That one's at a 5.5% ABV. Brewed here in Florida. Oh my God, it's so good. Is it? Yes. That one thing I found interesting about this one. I love beers like this. This reminds me of Blue Moon. What did you but, find interesting? Um, they they have there's a there's a hint of beet juice in the in the beer. I, I guess for, to help with the it color. Doesn't taste like it, but yeah, it just more color than anything else. It tastes like a Blue Moon. Like I don't okay. know anything about beers. Is it the same thing? Is it a wheat beer too? Yeah. Okay. They, so that's why they probably yeah. all wheat beers are probably going to taste the same. To yeah, me. they're gonna. But it's same really, consistency. It's really good. Okay. Does I'm the raspberries say, come out? There's not really. No. It's just just the wheat. Do you, you not you do not try this? I'm gonna drink by myself. I have, yeah, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have to catch up. I'm gonna actually try each one of them yeah. as we go here. While I do that, um, early beer memory. Maybe the first time you had a beer, the first time you enjoyed a beer. Mm, you know, I've never really been a beer drinker. Um, I think with time, I started to enjoy, like if I was at the beach, maybe like a Corona, or if I was at a sports bar having wings, you know, having something. Mm -hmm. Did you like that water, by the way? No. It's fucking nasty, it right? It is bad. That, that is bad. <laughs> we just tried the water. I, I just tried the pure still, and I think- You're giving me a face. I'm like, I gotta ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's well, gross. It, that, that is rough. That is- um, Right? I, I, I don't know how much you like alcohol that you have to put it in your water- For real. To enjoy that. Nasty. That's, yeah, that definitely isn't it. That's not the place to be. But you were saying, Corona's at the beach? Corona's at the beach, I think. I don't know my first. I really don't remember. My first alcoholic drink was definitely wine because my dad's Italian and I grew up like with him okay. just always like wanting to teach me about wine and about food and he's like, so it was more about the experience. So I've had wine like my whole life, it feels like. Like a sip, not like a whole glass. Yeah, yeah. But like try this and smell this and whatever. So that for sure is my first like alcoholic drink. Okay. But as far as beer, I don't remember the first one, but it had to have been either at the beach or at some party when you're okay. young. But yeah. I've never, beer just bloats me. Mm. Um, so, and I really like to eat. <laughs> so I don't like to feel full. So if we're just hanging out and drinking like at the beach, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But if I'm gonna have to eat too, then like beer is just not what I'm gonna go for. But if I'm just having some drinks, like and it's hot out or at a bar, I can do it. So you got your strategic with you. Yeah. yeah. Like what I drink depends on what I eat. Like mm -hmm. what I eat is more important. So try that one. That one's pretty good. Actually, that is. The Witty and Pink, the right? The Witty and Pink is good. Did you try the Truly Hard Seltzer? I did. And I'm a big seltzer fan too. I That's been, well, I think I want to say since 2012 when I first started working with Raphael, working out with Raphael, um, I cut out a lot of the soda. Soda. Yeah. And uh, and I transitioned over to uh, seltzer water, and um, I, that's pretty good. It's good, right? Yes. I used to not have seltzer water unless I wasn't feeling good. It's always for whatever reason helped my stomach. Mm -hmm. But ever since I started prepping, I started drinking a lot of it because yeah. it helped me feel full. So okay. like even though I do have a lot of food during my prep, when it gets toward the end that you have a little bit of less food, yeah. it helps me just feel full all the time. So I'm like, yeah. all right, this is good. I get my water in and I feel full. I was dead. That's yeah. what I was just gonna ask. I mean, and also it, it uh, contributes to your water Count. intake yeah, for the day. Yeah, exactly. Which what do you? How much water are you drinking a day now? A gallon. A gallon, which is about 120 something ounces. That right here. Mm -hmm. 3.78 liters. I don't know how many ounces that is. We're gonna go. I'm not the math person. <laughs> no, where is the math person when you He's need not him? here. Whether it's weights or calories, know, there's math it's involved. All him, it's and all I've been him. horrible at math too. But yeah, I love this Woody and Pink. It's really good. Nice, excellent. Mm -hmm. 
right, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider that a victory for me because I picked it out. I, that was like a last second like switch. I had another uh, really? uh, hard seltzer, okay. and I was like, nah, it's too much hard seltzer. Let me just grab this yeah, one. Yeah, good idea. We don't need any more water here. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So with that, let's get into the fourth and final beer. This is from Miami Brewing Companies. This is their Big Rod Coconut Ale, wow. also a fruit and field. Uh, I've had I've had had this one before. Is it good? I, I like it. You do? Now, are you a coconut fan? Depends. Depends. Okay. Like, you, don't, uh, you don't dislike. No, I don't people. dislike it. I okay. love coconut water. I like coconut okay. cakes. Like, I don't dislike it. I just don't like like Malibu. Uh, like, I don't like that like weird. Does that come from too much Malibu at a Maybe. point? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Like I love um, almond joy is one of my favorite chocolates. So like I like okay. coconut, but yeah. I just. See. There you go. Try that one out. Like I said, that's a fruit and field beer. It clocks in at a five point. It's pretty good. You like it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it's it. It's a nice touch because it, it goes. It, it's very beer reminiscent at the, the front, and then that little coconut surprise, kind of like, oh wait. Yeah, you get like a li- you get a little coconut. That's mm-hmm. why I like it. I think Malibu's too coconutty. Yeah. If that's even a word. That's we're, no, we're gonna make it's it. It's not a word. It's we're gonna start an official uh, I like <laughs> dictionary on the podcast. Yeah, here. I like Coconutty. it. It's not bad. Cool, you like that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Um, yeah, I think this is where we kind of give a rank from one to four, which is the one you'd, you'd go back to and which is the least favorite. So Witty and Pink is one for sure. Okay. Uh, I think, I don't know. If I had to have it by itself, yeah. the Jira, Big Rod. The Big Rod. Sorry, yeah. I can see the whole thing. That would be second. Uh, if I could add the vodka, then the Truly Hard would be second. I just don't like it okay. by itself okay. too much. That, but that's performance enhancing though, I think. <laughs> if, you to, yes. if you were to add the vodka. Right, so Witty and Pink, the Big Rod, the Truly Hard, and the, and that's that water. water. Can I not even add that to the... No, we're, we're going to omit that. <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea, but I, you know what I think throws me off? The fact that it's flat. It, yes. I hate flat soda, like with mm. a passion. Mm. Literally, so if you open a soda right now, like in two hours, you'll be looking for it, and I'll be like, I threw it out. It's flat. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rob hates me for it. I can't handle it. So it's like, Open it's, soda in the fridge, not good. No, it's not happening. Like, it is not. You better open it and drink the whole thing. That's how I do with the seltzer water, too. I throw it out. So I think that that's like the what I really hate about it, that it's okay, just like a flat tasting thing. That was, yeah. Because water is water. If it's by itself, it's fine. But when yeah. you add stuff to it and it's flat like that, yeah. Ooh. No yeah. go. So no. yeah, that's the order. Cool. Laís, you survived. You made it through the four samples. You made it. You gave us your opinion. <laughs> so with that, there's nothing else to do on this side but get into the next segment, which is the the beat segment. We'll see you guys on the other side. Beats and Easter podcast. We're uh, we're now in the uh, the beats portion of the podcast. This is where I get into my guests' musical taste. Um, you know what they what they're listening to now, uh, what they grew up listening to, um, favorite music, um, what motivates them um, to do what they do, or while they're doing what they do. Whether in this case, whether it's you know posing, coaching, uh, working out, being a mom, all the all that good stuff. Uh, Lice. Uh, what motivates you? What kind of music? Yeah. It depends on what I'm doing. Okay. So like if I'm cleaning the house, definitely country music. Okay. That's one of my all time favorite types of music to listen to almost for everything. Almost. Okay. 
So if I'm trying to like get some cleaning done or if I want some, first of all, I'm not really like a sound person. I love music, okay. but I have a really hard time focusing if I have any noise. So like uh, when everyone leaves the house, I turn everything off. The TV, like I like no sounds. If I can have it that way, I would spend the entire day with no sounds. There's like, there's like a- Like there's nothing. Like a, a peacefulness to this, the yeah, peace. Yeah, I can and be in my thoughts. And a productiveness. Yes, like you could I can actually be in my thoughts done. and I can bang stuff out. And nice. like, I just go, go, go. Okay. But obviously like if I'm trying to work out or something like I want music. Yeah. But so if I'm cleaning the house or I'm, in my car, running errands, or whatever I'm doing, country music is definitely my go-to. Okay. That's, but what motivates me if I'm trying to work out, I mean, anything from like whatever's on the radio to like rap. Okay. Um, we'll do it, like some fast pace. I'm not a big like techno person. Okay. So even though that's fast pace, like I don't, I hate yeah. techno music and I hate like heavy metal rock. Okay. Like both of those things literally disturb my brain. Well, coming from a place where you <laughs> find, you you yeah. enjoy like peace and serenity. Yeah. That's a polar opposite. That's yeah. so I can see why. Like there are very few types of music that I'll like be like, you need to turn that off, and like that's it. <laughs> like it might not. Somebody might be listening to something I'm not really like. I'm not into folk music, but it doesn't disturb me. Yeah. Like those blame. two like really will like send me off a ledge. Like. How the fuck are you listening to this? <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> like I can't. So it depends. Like, like you said, if I'm posing, I like some like girl power music, okay. like some Beyonce, um, J Lo, Cardi B. Like I like that. Yeah. Because it kind of puts you in the mood for what you're doing, which is being a woman and being, you know, glamorous and sensual yes. and all that stuff. If I'm doing regular stuff, I like country and if I'm doing something that requires more energy then I'll probably do rap or hip hop or whatever like radio music okay. that's fast. Yeah, top 40. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, during the competitions, do they play music while you're on they the stage? They do. So okay. they play like a mixture of like Pitbull and whatever top 42, but you just can't pick. So they have mm. like a soundtrack yeah. and obviously you're in different places in the lineup every show. And the music even changes inside of your time on stage. Wow. A few times, actually. Wow. So, yeah. So posing to a song doesn't really work. Exactly. So I do it here to get the girls like in the mood and out of their shell. Mm -hmm. But as we get closer to a show, I switch it up a lot. Okay. I put something a lot faster to make sure that they're not going too fast. Yeah. Um, the same thing, you know, this is not related, but kind of like with the mirrors. Like I don't do posing in front of mirrors because you're not going to have a mirror on stage. So it's like, I don't want you to get so used to practicing posing just to the one song that you love and that makes you move. At yeah. first, yes, that's the goal, to get yeah. you to move, I'll yes. do whatever song you want. I've had people pose to country because that's what they really like. Okay. Um, but later on, I just kind of try to break away from that and I try to make sure that it's always a different kind of song because yeah, on stage you can't pick and they keep switching it up. But it is fast paced during like your bikini round and it's very slow during like your dress round because you're just walking around very slowly, the, the lights are down, the music's slow, so. And that's something you account for, I imagine, when um, when coaching them, the time frame, right, that you spend yeah. on it because they give you a specific amount of time when, they, or is it? They do and they don't, like mm -hmm. they don't tell you like a minute or 30 seconds or anything like that, but there is a specific amount of poses and amount of time that you, you want to hold hit. them and, and it ends up being, you know, a specific amount of time, give or take, cool. like in a range. Cool. What got you into country? Uh, so I went to high school in Plantation. Okay. Um, and at the time, well, so I went to elementary school when I moved here from Brazil and middle school in South Beach. Like that's where I grew up. 
and it was a very Latin community. Um, everyone spoke Spanish, so it was like either really Latin or really Jewish. Okay. Um, and then when I went to high school, I went to high school in Plantation, and it was a private school, and everyone was just very American. And I don't think that I had ever been around that many white people in my life, <laughs> you know? So I was yeah. like, it was a whole other world. Yeah. And like everybody went to Chili Cook-Off, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was not into country at all. All through high school, I was like, this is fucking weird. You guys are weird. This music is weird. Right? And Why is this guy complaining? Yes. Like, everything is so depressing. Your wife left you. I got it. You know? But then when I moved out of high school, um, I moved out on my own actually during high school. And a couple of years after that, I had a roommate. And she lived in Davie. And it was three of us. And they were both so into country music. You got a, you got a lot more like, country going. You gotta be kidding me! Like I like, the, and they would clean with like the country music blasting, and I was like, I can't believe, like I can't escape this fucking thing. And then one time, just out of partying, we went to, um, I want to say it was a Rascal Flatts concert, but I'm not positive. Okay. Because they were like, you have to go to country concert. Like it doesn't matter if you don't like country music. Like it's about like the fun. Like you sit on the lawn, and I'm like, that is not my idea of fun. Give me a freaking chair. Like, I'm not going to go in the grass with all these crazy drunks spilling their beer on me. Or other bodily fluids. Yes. Yeah, because I hear that's a thing at the chili cook-off where it's like... Listen, not... there's nothing like a country concert. And if you haven't experienced it, you must. Just to say that you have. Like, and you got to sit in the lawn. But I went just because I was like, why not? Like, you pregame, you drink. It was all my friends were going. And... It wasn't that bad. And I think that just being around it all the time, it really did rub off eventually. Okay. Um, so much so that I, I've only been to one chili cook-off. I'm really not a fan of that. Mm. Um, because the truth is that like you, people really just go to party. Like, yeah. I want to pick an artist that I want to go watch and go watch it. With chili cook-off, like, there aren't that many great artists that go mm. to it. And if, if you're going to see one, but you have to spend all day there, like, to wait for that one to yeah. sing two songs, like, no. Yeah. Not my idea of fun. But... I've ended up, I ended up going to a lot of different country concerts and just listening to a lot of country music and it rubbed off and after that, you know, like my other roommate and then friends from work and mm. I've just, it ended up being like a lot of friends that I had were really into country music that I met later on and it just okay. became a thing. Yeah. And then when I met Ralph, he's like, country music, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Because he <laughs> hates it. Like. Yeah. If he gets in the car and I was driving before and the country music's on, he's like, what is this noise? Like, he hates it, right? Yeah. So I never really listened to it with him around. Um, but yeah, it just kind of stuck, yeah. you know? It kind of stuck. And looking at it now, like, the new country is a lot more pop-ish. Yeah. And yeah. almost borderline rock sometimes, too, than mm. it is country. Like, I like the old country. Like, not the, like, old, old, where it's like super twangy and yeah. like dramatic yeah. but like the in-between the new and like the Merle Haggards of a long time ago like I like that in-between in era yeah. like the 2000 to 2016 okay. era like is my favorite yeah. because it's country enough but it also not like crazy country and it always tells a story yeah um but yeah, I used to go to like Roundup all the time with all my friends and try okay. to learn how to line okay. dance, but like yeah. really not sober. I would never try to line dance sober, which, no, is, it's, it's, which is dumb it's because it's hard. To it's so hard, yeah. but I didn't have the guts because it's like in a room full of people and I was yes. super shy and I was yeah. like, oh my God, everyone's watching. So like you have to be somewhat under the influence to do it. But then it's like, it's tough. So like, it's hard to actually mm. pick that up. Like if you're yeah. not sober, it's impossible. It's really hard. 
Yeah. You would be surprised. I've, I've been to Roundup once, I can say that. Once. I have experienced the Roundup. Um, and uh, despite that, you're, they, you know, they teach you uh, how to line so dance. Yeah. It's, like you said, it's intimidating because when the people get on there, they actually know what they're they doing. They know it. And it's not... It's not your typical. I guess you could know the basis, the the basics of it, and your you know your steps just to you know kind of maneuver through the crowd or mm-hmm. or not run and bump into somebody. Yeah. But they get pretty creative and inventive with some of the yeah. moves. Yeah, they're intense. Yeah. They are really intense. I'm like, holy crap! Like you guys do this all day, but who knows? It's like people that know how to dance salsa. Like you look at them and they look like they're yeah, it's true. killing it. They probably did it since they're like born. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure these people do the same thing. But yeah, I've driven all the way to Tallahassee for like Kenny Chesney at their big stadium there. Okay. Like it's, I've always had friends that love country and, and it's always been like a thing. So that's, that's the majority of what I listen to. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that. I mean, your roommates typically, there's always one that doesn't clean or keep up like, to your standard. Yeah. But if they're cleaning and it's all because country music is motivating them And to I'll clean. never forget the day that I walked through the doors and the, and all the windows were open. It was like, I think this time of year where it was cold, like yeah, Florida. Yeah. yeah. And they had Brad Paisley ticks on and I'm sure you've never heard it. Nope. But the whole entire song is about him saying how he wants to search her for ticks. Like he wants to take off her clothes and search through her body. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck is yeah. this? Like... <laughs> that is the epitome of country game. Yes. Like, yes. Like, like, this is how I'm going to get this girl. Yes. Search it up. Ticks by Brad Paisley was playing. And I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. Do you guys, do you guys hear these lyrics? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm like, this is fucking weird. Like, yeah. and somehow it sucked me in. Not that song. Yeah. Um, although it is funny. But somehow through the years, it sucked me in. But that was... I will never forget that moment because I was like, I cannot believe you guys think this is okay. Like, I can't believe this. Not acceptable. No. He's not a licensed professional. And here he is telling you to undress because he's going to look I'm for gonna ticks. I'm going to search you for ticks. What, what happens if he finds one? I know. I don't know. <laughs> That's oh, a whole other word. It was word. so weird. Yep. <laughs> cool. So, Lais, um, I'm going to play a song for you. Okay. And then we'll come back on the other side and we'll get your thoughts on it. Okay. Cool? Yeah. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Who cares? Move at your own pace, make me your own mind. 
Vintage Babies album, and that was the song "Do Your Own Thing." Um, I like that title. Yeah, and I I know that that's and she's a great talent. Uh, like I was saying during the song, um, a poet, a singer. She can really sing. She she raps really well too. And um, I, I this one stood out. This song stood out to me because it, it's kind of very female empowering. Yes. It's kind of like don't worry about. Um, what people say, like do your own, do your own thing. thing. Do your own yeah, thing. I liked what, it. It was what, really good. Okay. Yeah, I think at first I was like, this is different. I definitely never heard of this person, I don't think. Because sometimes okay. I hear music, I'm like, it's so and so. I'm like, for real? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I was telling you before, I'm really bad with names, like names of people, names of songs. Um, so at first I was like, there's no way I've ever heard this person. And yeah. then I was like, is it a person? And then I was like, did he make this music? If I talk bad about it, so like, I'm like, <laughs> this is my music. <laughs> Yeah, right? That would be wrong on my part, right? Yeah, here's a song. We'd be like, uh, yeah. this sounds a lot like you. 
Um, but then when she started singing, then yeah. I realized like it was someone. Yeah. At first, I think it's more like instrumental and yes. like, just a few little words or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's really good. I think it's good, and and I I like it. I think too for like background. Mm. But I feel like that's how I feel about music for the most part. Unless okay. you're doing something like. I like just to just have ambience. stuff. Yeah. It's just, yeah. When I'm not in the silence. Okay. <laughs> but it was really thought. good. I'm going to check her out. Cool, cool. I'm sure she has other good ones. Yes, yes. She has several different songs that are really good, really talented. Um, the, yeah, she, I, I came across her in the, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, YouTube. YouTube. You can find a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Uh, NPR, Tiny Desk, she performed. I thought it was really good. And she goes into a whole mix of spoken word, right into That's songs. So, cool. and so she puts on a, a pretty good show. I love like real rappers like that. Like yeah. women. Because I feel like women rappers are so raunchy. Like back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> like when, little Kim, when Trina was really Trina. big and Lil Kim. Like it was so gross. That was, yeah. and, and like when you do that, and again, I'm sure a lot of people appreciate the art and, and mm -hmm. I get it. There is art and talent behind it. Yeah. But it gets so overpowered, I think, with like how nasty it is mm. um, that you miss a lot of the art. And I feel like with some of these rappers that are more into like the spoken word. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even what they're saying is how they're saying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just comes off so much more artistic than mm -hmm. the slutty stuff. Yeah. You know, that's said and, and done. So, and projected through song. Way. Yeah. yeah it, and it's funny because it's like. Um, I was never really a big fan of, of Little Kim. Uh, you know, of course, if you heard her on songs with, you know, Biggie and whatnot, right. it's like you appreciated the male-female dynamic to yeah. it. Um, but that I think that's the risk of, of uh, coming out too sexual. It's like yeah. you're going to have to try to outdo that or top that. Mm -hmm. And that becomes like the challenge. And then it's yeah. like at what point do you kind of lose yourself a little bit in it? Yeah, and as, as raunchy as like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, right? Let's talk about like kind of this day and age. As, mm -hmm. as raunchy as they can come off, I still don't think they're as bad as Trina and Little Kim. Yeah. I think they, they toned it down. I mean, they're still like... There's still just something that you have to be if you're a female rapper, I guess. But... Yeah. They, I think, are a little bit less crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the stage, stage I'm in, right? Like, maybe back then when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, this is gross. <laughs> and now I'm just like, well, it's a slutty female rapper. Like, who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's me. Maybe they're the same. But it just seems less crazy. You're starting to see, and I think, um, I think the, the, um, popular mainstream radio kind of doesn't does a, it does a disservice to it because there's other artists there around there's always been other artists female artists that uh provide an, uh, an opposite end of the spectrum to the, yeah. uh, the raunchiness but they they never i wonder get if the like same you shine. almost have to be like that to make it well sex sells it's well, like of course it's just like that's that and that's what they based yeah but j-lo beyonce they're not slutty yeah you know no it's just true like it's true. i there's... wonder if for a female rapper specifically like you just have to be nasty to make it yeah to get to stand out get mm -hmm. attention mm -hmm. i guess if you could sing that i, I guess if you could sing yeah. and you don't have to you don't have to prop it up with yeah you know all these acts and the mm -hmm. facade mm -hmm. so that 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 takes you a little further in the case yeah. of Beyonce or um, Alicia Keys. Yes, um, oh my God, she's so talented. Yeah, she's insane. And, and and they're both sensual singers. Like they have their songs where of they're course. talking relationships. You can still be sexy. You don't yeah. need to be slutty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, like I said, I think uh, the fact that they don't cover everybody in the spectrum typically 
it, it makes it uh, harder for everybody to get a, a more informed, like, oh, there is other stuff up yes. there. Yes, so, it's always very one And maybe it'll way. change eventually, you know, there'll be a shift and, and it'll go in the that other direction. That would be direction. nice. Cool, yeah. for sure. Yes. Laís, you gave us your opinion on Moomoo Fresh's um, song, Do Your Own Thing. Yes. And uh, we talk music, we talk country music. I know. There's... I would like to say. Yes, please. I also have a really big love equal to country music. Okay for like oldies like i'm a huge frank sinatra fan really okay um, well i'm a huge michael buble fan okay like he is my favorite of all time and he's very old spirited like yes his music comes so across. he's like old music but mm -hmm. like new age ish um we actually went to see him ralph got tickets um i think like the first year that we were dating it's probably the only time he would have ever sat through that <laughs> But, um, well, it wasn't country. It wasn't country, but I think to him equally bad. But I just, and he was not as great live, I will say. But I think I grew up like listening to my dad's, my dad is 73. Wow. Yeah. And wow, I'm, 30, I'm 32, 31. Sorry, I don't know why I'm in a rush over here. I'm 31. But I think like he grew up, or I grew up with him always playing Tony yeah. Bennett and Frank Sinatra, and okay. and for me, I think it just holds such a special place yeah. that like I just love music like that. Like yeah. I will either put it on, if not like the original stuff, like definitely Michael Bublé's version of it, and I love that just as much as like country music, if not more sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if it's because of that time in my life or if it's because it, it's goes back to like lyrics that have meaning and tell yeah. a story mm. um but yeah i, I for, totally forgot to talk about that yeah it's it's uh funny i brought this up with a previous guest where it's you know we're capable we don't realize it but we're capable of time traveling in mm -hmm. the sense that there's music that yes. that kind of uh brings you back to a a, a date and time or a period in time and just a feeling all yes. around. So that's probably the closest thing we have to time travel is like really good music. I think so too. Yeah. I really do it. It'll really like transport you to a place yeah. emotionally, I think for sure. Yeah. And same thing goes like if you're having a bad day and you like put a song that you know will get you in a good mood or, yeah. you know, it can really change. Like music is everything. Like it can really change your mood and yeah. how you handle certain things and how you remember certain things. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. Cool. Laís, we're done on this side of things. We're going to end this here, and then we're going to get back on the... Uh, we're going to talk food. Oh, my favorite. Yes. So, Bruce <laughs> Beats and Eats, we'll see you guys in the Eats portion. Stay tuned. podcast and we have reached the eats portion um the pinnacle the mountaintop of the podcast this is where i ask my guests uh what foods they most enjoy um uh, what you know what's something that calls their attention whether they like sweets or not uh so with all that laise i know food plays an intricate part in your life when it my comes soul. <laughs> your soul and then we throw in this this wrench into the plans of of competing and working mm. out and eating right. Yes. So um, I guess that's just a little bit on how you navigate through 
that before we get into what is the food that you really most That's cherish? That's a great question. So I will say the only reason I'm able to do what I do, another plug, is because of the coach that I have. Because I will tell you, if I had to eat or not eat, the way that I see most fitness people or competitors eat, there is absolutely no way that I would make it. Mm. Um, I love to eat. And when I say that, I don't mean like I need to eat a bunch of food, but I love to experience food. I love to go out to eat. I love the experience of going out to eat. I love to try new things. Like I'm that person, like if we go to a restaurant, my poor husband, I'm like, <laughs> can we get like three things and share? Your struggle like, is <laughs> recognized, Rob. Your struggle is recognized. So I, you go in there, you order a couple I'm different like, things. I refuse to go through this experience and taste one thing. Like, who the fuck wants to do that? I want to taste like four or five things. Yeah. So I'm like, can we just get stuff for the table? And like, <laughs> and he's so good about it because he's like, yeah, we can do that. But sometimes I wonder if he wants like his own plate. And yeah. like, <laughs> can I just eat my fucking food? <laughs> but I love to experience food. So for me, it's really hard to give that up. Okay like long term and I feel like a lot of times when people have this goal that's what they do they're like blinders on I can never eat out mm. I can never eat you know whatever thing like sweets or whatever yeah and while I understand that you do need a certain level of commitment and sacrifice to achieve a goal um, I just think that at the same time you have to enjoy the life that you're living Correct. so for me to deprive myself of one of the few things that I do, which is go out to eat, because we literally work, work out, raise kids. Like, it's not like I'm always out with my friends, like, yeah. like when you're young, right? Yeah. So one of the few things that I do and that I enjoy doing is going out to eat. And while I understand that the body needs foods to A, be healthy and survive and B, to reach a certain goal, like, I always say like my soul needs food too. Yeah. So there's foods yeah. for your body and there's foods for your soul and there's absolutely no way that I could just focus on getting lean or getting to a certain weight and not focus on how much I enjoy things that I eat. So I navigate it two ways. One is I make sure that all my quote unquote diet food is pleasant. Okay. Like there is a way to make food taste amazing and have the calories that it's supposed to have. Okay. So you can still have plain chicken breast and add things to it that will give it no extra calories. It's just that people either tell themselves that they don't like to cook, tell themselves that they don't know how to cook, or think like, nope, has to be this way. There is no calories in cilantro, lime, yeah. parsley, different rubs. Like, yeah, you can't put like a creamy sauce all over it, but there are so many ways. You can put it in the oven and roast it. You can put it on a pan. You can put it in the air fryer. Yeah. You can put so many different things on it and cook it so many different ways that will completely change the way that it tastes. So when I have to have a specific food, I always try to get creative with it. That's like the first step. And then there's a lot of like, like salsa is one that like has no calories. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. So with, with the days and the meals that I know that need to be exactly a certain way, then I do it exactly a certain way, but I make sure that it tastes good and I make sure that it looks good. Okay. There's nothing worse than looking at your plate and be like, oh my God, this looks Not disgusting. Not only do I know it's gonna taste bad, this yeah. looks horrible. Like I like to enjoy my food. So yeah. I make sure that I put a, enough time and effort into it to enjoy it even when it's quote unquote diet food. Yeah. The other part is making sure that there's enough flexibility in my plan regardless of my goal. So there is, there are cheap meals, there are cheap days. Those are a little bit trickier um, just because there has to be a reason for them. Okay. I'm not saying that there always is, but that's how it should be. There yeah. has to be like, all right, we need to get like some more food, so let's go do this, mm -hmm. uh, which is always exciting. But 
if there isn't a cheat meal or a cheat day, then how can I make or go out to eat a cheat meal or a cheat day and make it fit into that day? Like, how do I need to sacrifice it? So if I have like five or six meals and they all have protein, carbs, and fat, right? And I know what my numbers are, then how can I make like two of those meals, maybe like a protein shake or just protein and like salad or greens so that I can have a bigger, more calorie dense meal and make it work or so that I can add that dessert. Um, and if I do go out to eat, how do I know what's on my plate? I take a scale. Like I literally take a scale to a restaurant and as long as I order something that I can measure, like steak, yeah. rice, potatoes, whatever, right? Yeah. As long as it's not drenched in cream or as long as it's not like Italian food and it's like a made up dish of pasta or whatever, as yeah. long as I can like measure it, then I take my scale and I measure it and I know what I'm eating. So that's kind of how I navigate through prepping or even just having any goal and making sure that like I do what I need to do in a way that I like it, but that I also like enjoy Okay. If that makes sense. What's, no, it does. It, it totally does. Um, my, my question would be is how does the staff look at you when you, when you <laughs> People look at you? me really weird. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny because <clears throat> I'll post on my Instagram like that I'm at a restaurant measuring food and, and all the time I get this feedback of like, I can't believe you go through the trouble. Like that's so much trouble to measure your food. First of all, it takes me like not even a minute because yeah. I have to measure it at home, right? Yeah. But I can't believe like sometimes I wonder like people are so interesting because and I'm not judging anyone, and I know that when people say that they're not really judging me, they're yeah. probably like, wow, that's like good for you. That's it's just alien, it's not something. Right. Yeah. But for me, like it's so much more difficult, and I say it from experience, to mm. be in a situation where I'm stressed. Mm. So it's like you people look at it like, oh my god, like that's so that's so stressful or so annoying to have to measure everything that you eat, right? That's so much trouble. To me, it's so much worse when I go out to dinner and I eat and right after I have that instant guilt sink in and be like, damn, I really should not have eaten that. You know what? Maybe mm. tomorrow I'm just going to not carb it. Or maybe like I'll, I'll work out twice tomorrow. Man, I can't believe I did that again. I just set out to lose these next five pounds and I already ate something bad. I knew that I was going to do this. You know, I always do this. I always say that. Like that's fucking disturbing. Yeah. And people don't realize that it's a lot more stressful to feel those things than it is to take out a fucking scale and take 30 (laughs) seconds to put your food on it. Like that's so much. And I'm not saying that everyone should be measuring their food. It's not for everybody, but the same people that find it so crazy and stressful and weird that I'm measuring it are probably like, Oh my God, poor thing. Like, can you imagine living like that? Cause I honestly used to say that. Can you imagine always having to worry about what you eat? You always worry about what you eat too. We just worry in different ways. Yeah. yeah. So that's what people really don't realize, you know? So yeah, people definitely look at me weird, (laughs) but I don't care. It is what it is. I get it. I'm happy to be able to be eating this meal out and knowing what's in it and knowing that I can continue with my day and nothing is stopping me. Like nothing got in my way. I don't have to feel guilty. That's it. Speaking of guilty, let's talk about those. Oh my God. (laughs) Let's get, now that we got the official business out of the way, calorie heavy condensed meals. Like what's... That's my jam. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) And it's so good to know that you're a fellow foodie that you... That, that eating is an experience, I, the same thing with me, that's kind of why it, you know, it, it holds a place on, in this podcast is because eating is an experience and you pull up somewhere, um, you like to take the trip out and go and do something, yes. experience something new. Um, what's, what's a meal that, um, well you're big on bread. I'm huge on bread. Carb is a big Carb thing. is the, my life. Okay. Um, is it just bread or is pasta? Any, is anything? Everything. So I grew up, like I said, in an Italian and Brazilian home and eating was always a huge part of everything. Like yeah. even sometimes when I'm on prep and it's like we have a whole weekend with the kids, it's like, 
how do I plan like everything not around a meal? Not yeah. that I can't have, but I can't have a full weekend of whatever the hell I want most yeah. times. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know how to plan like an outing or an event or a holiday or anything without like planning the food first. Like, cause that's what I did growing up. <laughs> but I just love like Italian, I, I would say is probably like my favorite food. Okay. Um, everything from the bread to the pasta. Um, it's just like I just love it. There's something so comforting about Italian food, and again, I think because of the way that I grew up. Yeah. So if I had to give up anything, it would be definitely not carb related. Like you know how some people prefer like the fats, like the avocado, the olive oil, the nuts. Like yeah. I could do away with all that shit. Like I just need my carbs. Like, Sacrifice I need my all bread. that for some Yeah, carbs. and I'm a different person. When I'm in low carbs, like again, my poor <laughs> husband. When my I'm low carbing it, like everyone's life sucks because I'm <laughs> on wheels. It radiates. It sucks because it's like it just like I'm angry that I can't eat like what I love. And again, mm. it's such few moments. It's yeah. so close to a show. Like it's not like that's how I ever really do yeah. it. But for whatever reason, it really messes with me. Um, but yeah, bread, all sorts of bread, like Italian bread, Cuban bread, croissants, like. There isn't a bread that I won't eat, and I love like fresh bread. I love the smell of bread. Mm. I love the consistency of yeah. bread. Like we went to New York, and, and he took me to like a bagel place, and I was like, oh my god, look at this bagel! Like first of all, it was delicious. Okay. The New York bagel thing really is real, but like everything about it, like it was massive. It was like I'm picking it apart, and he's like, tell me about the bread, babe. Like because I just <laughs> yeah. love bread. It's so good, and I'll get it like in a sandwich. I'll get it toasted with sweet stuff. Like. Mm. Bread is my thing, and, and I think that radiates, like, I'm a big, like, sweet, I have a big sweet tooth, like, massive. I cannot go a day without sweets, so. And he, bread transitions from that to, like, to cake. sweets. Okay. So it's like, if you ask me, like, well, what kind of dessert do you prefer? It's never going to be candy or a chocolate bar, mm. or, like, um, like usually not even a pie. Or like, a I like, Yeah, I like bready desserts. I like yeah. cake. I like... You know, it's never gonna be like a cookie. Like I'm not against any of those things. I'll eat them yeah. all. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but if I could have it my way, like the bready, cakey, like the chocolate croissant, go. almond croissant, chocolate cake with frosting, like that's how I like my desserts too. More than like pastries and stuff like yeah. that. So bread is like my life, and Italian food and desserts are really like it. Um, I'd say second to that, and they hold a place kind of like, even though they're different, they hold the same place. Would be sushi. Okay. And like Latin, like rice beans, okay. yuca plantain situation. Yeah. So that can go like Brazilian, Cuban, Puerto Rican. I love Puerto Rican food. So like those two, I don't have a lot of sushi because that's very impossible to measure. Mm, that's right. Impossible to measure. Yeah. Uh, I'd be really picking it apart then. Then it would not sushi anymore. So I'll do like a bowl sometimes, like the rice and tuna or whatever. That's um, when the sushi chef in the back goes, yeah, ah, fuck like it. He slams his, slams his tool down. She's like, she wants to measure it. Go everything. eat at home, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't have it that often because it's not like my family's favorite. Okay. So a lot of times, like when we're doing an outing, we want to make sure that we accommodate everyone. So yeah. it's not their favorite. It's impossible for you to measure it. So honestly, I rarely have it. But I think growing up and even like the years that I was just partying, like it was almost a daily thing for me. Really? Like even wow. if I went by myself, like yeah. at least three or four times a week, like I would just get my soup and my salad and my rolls. And, and like, I just love like that raw fish. But yeah. I think now, um, what's really trans that transition to is like ceviche. So okay. my favorite restaurant in the world right now is Dr. Limon in Miami Lakes. It's a Peruvian restaurant. All right. And it's to die for. But it's really? the mixture of like the ceviche. They, they have pasta. They have fried rice. So it's like, so I love that, okay. um, that fusion. 
But if I had to pick like an actual thing, it would be like pasta, pizza, bread. Like that's that's my thing. That's the focal point. With dessert. You can never <laughs> skip Misha's cupcakes are like my favorite. Oh yeah. yeah There's nothing like it. it. There's nothing like it. Again, cake, cake. Yes, bread, cake. Especially the dulce de leche one that has like the dulce de leche inside. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm coming for you, Misha's. <laughs> Got big Tomorrow's my cheat day. There you go, it's so close. This yeah. is all this is all prepping for yes, that cheat day. Totally. That's that's excellent. Um cupcakes. Uh, oh, you guys make we're gonna talk about bread. Protein, you guys make protein yes, donuts. Yes, we do. And that came about because of that. So Ralph was prepping for a show and he had a sweet tooth, which he never does. He's more of like a salty, like he'd rather have another plate of food. Mm. Or if he is a snack, snacking on anything, it's like chips and yeah. guac. He's not a sweet person, but he, for whatever reason that day, was craving sweets. And we went on like the biggest mission to kind of like recreate a recipe that we saw from a bodybuilder on a video. Okay. And um, it was disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, like we gotta be able to figure this out. Like, you know, he's like, for box cake, like the macros aren't gonna work. And I'm like, yeah, but there's no box cake in Brazil. Like people like, what's in the box cake? Like it's like ingredients. So how can yeah. we like grab ingredients? Like, I don't know how to do this math, right? Back to the math. Like <laughs> you do the math, I'm the baker. I'll tell you what like needs to go in and you tell me what more or less. And it was like months of back and forth with like, I needed to taste this way and you yeah. needed to like be this way on a, on a label. Yeah. So months of that and, and it turned into like we're years in now and 30 flavors, but it's a cakey, like I hate protein bars, they're disgusting and mm. chewy. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of protein shakes, even the ones that I love the taste of, yeah. I would not have more than like a couple of week, a week, just yeah. because it's not my favorite, I like food, I wanna yeah. chew it, you know, yeah. I don't wanna drink it. So. Like that's kind of what we created and we have all those flavors and they're they're exactly that like they're just cakey and and just sweet and, and they do the trick for sure. And they hit all the uh, the marks that someone's looking for, especially if they're in the right. meal plan. So the protein, the sweets, yeah. you know, guilt free. Yeah. So. There's a couple times I thought I was being had, like I showed up to the workout and it's like, Yeah, why don't you have one of these? And I was like, Ah, I'm not falling for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> people say that, but are these healthy? I'm like, Well, that's kind of a relative term, but yeah. are they okay to have? Yes, they're okay to have. We're not yeah. gonna be like, come work out and eat these donuts that are not good for you. Like, what's the point? <clears throat> Like you're yeah. doing this over there at Planet Fitness with pizza. Yeah, that's right. You know what? That makes sense. It's a little like different. It's a little different from what Planet Fitness does. Yeah, no, it's yeah. It's totally Everything different. is different from what Planet Fitness does. Yeah, don't even yeah. get started on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Yeah, Laís, you made it through. We got to Thank know you. you. We talked competition. We talked your fitness journey. Um, you continuing to teach others, um, instruct others, um, helping them out in their fitness journeys. Um, you, you sampled the beers, you told me what you liked, what you didn't like. There was a couple of high points and there was that water. Oh <laughs> there was my that God, spike that was water, which makes no sense. Um, we talked music and we just discussed food. Bread is the way to Laisa's heart. Yes. Whether it's, you know, it's the, whether it's the appetizer, the main course, or the, or the dessert, yes. bread has to be involved. You did an excellent job. Thank you, Thank so, you so much for taking the I time. I had so and much doing fun. This. Excellent. Thank you. And like I tell everybody, uh, Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast. As always, I'd like to thank my guest. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Um, you can keep up with me at Bruce Beats, the letter N Eats on Instagram. 
uh, reach out to me, DM me, let me know um, what you feel about the show. Uh, give me any ideas as far as places I should try to eat, uh, where food is involved, of course. Uh, beers I should try, music I should listen to. I would love to get all that feedback and uh, turn it into something else. Um, as always, if you enjoy what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy, tell somebody. Tell them, uh, especially if they like podcasts, tell them it's on all the streaming platforms. Um, also, don't forget to tune in. Elias and the Coach, YouTube, Facebook, and all the streaming services as well. And that's a wrap. I'm Old Head Ed. This is Bruce Beats and he's the podcast. Thank you.